All right, hockey fans, listen up because we've got something special cooked up for playoff season. It's called the Daily Faceoff Playoff Parlay Challenge, and it's going to add some serious spice to your playoff experience. Now, here's the deal every playoff game, you're going to be faced with a handful of questions. It's like your own personal playoff puzzle, and it's free to join. And there are prizes because who doesn't love winning stuff? Daily winners, you're getting hooked up with gift cards. Treat yourself to some nation gear or maybe even your favorite jersey. And for the big dogs, the people who can win an entire round, it's straight, cold, hard cash. We're talking about real dough for your hockey knowledge. So lace up those skates, stretch those thumbs, and get ready to show off your hockey IQ in the daily face-off playoff parlay challenge. Sign up today and play every game day at games.dailyfaceoff.com and prove your puck prowess. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Just after 4 o'clock, how are you? Jason Greger. Connor Halley, Sean Brown. With you, it's game day. Oilers taking on the Philadelphia Flyers. The uh, Oilers, of course, uh, one of the hottest teams in the league, but uh, also another team that's uh, hot. Uh, they also winners of five in a row and uh, sit uh, two points ahead of the Oilers. Edmonton does have uh, four games uh, in hand on the Seattle Kraken, but both teams have uh, inched their way back into the uh, playoff race. Uh, good friend uh, joins us from uh, 93.3 KJR in Seattle. Talk uh, Seahawks Kraken and maybe even some Huskies. Uh, Ian Furness joins us. Ian, welcome back to the show, my man. Happy New Year. How are you doing? Good, Jason. How are you? Happy New Year to you and all the, the fine folks up in the, the city of champions, Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. Now, you've watched hockey for a long, long time, uh, well before the Kraken even got to, to Seattle. And, you know, the Kraken last year obviously had a great year, uh, you know, winning around in the playoffs. We're off to a bad start. Um, their, you know, their offense probably came back down to earth after last year, everybody having career highs. Uh, what do you make of the recent surge for the, for the, uh, for the Kraken? Are they back to being competitive? Is there are still some things you don't like about them? Where do you, where do you see them? Uh, I think health is the biggest thing, you know, to be honest with you. I think the fact that they're healthy, um, you know, they've, they had a lot of injuries, a lot of guys banged up, uh, and I think that hurt them quite a bit along the way, uh, you know, but they are healthy. Berkowski's back. Schwartz is back. They've had guys. Eberle was out for a while. Uh, the goaltending has seemed to be settled down a little bit with Joey Decord. That helps quite a bit. Now, there's still there's still a lot of room for improvement. I mean, Matty Beneers was the rookie of the year last year, as you guys know, and he has not had a good sophomore year at all. 
and still is struggling a little bit. But the Thomas Tatar trades helped uh, helped them in the top six a little bit. So, you know, I think just getting healthy and and just you know kind of find they're they're playing their game too, Jason, a little bit more than they had it, it last year when they had success. A couple things happened. You mentioned the guys having career years, McCann and others. There's no doubt that that was the case. But the other thing they did last year is they had this great shooting percentage last year. Yep. You know, they everything they shot went in. They were number one in the league in shooting percentage. And so, you know, that, that helped tremendously, the fact that, you know, they they just they scored. And they were fine in the back of the net. And, 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 you know, those numbers sometimes don't sustain themselves. And they did all of last season, but they haven't this year. That's helped. But I think really what jumped out at me, and I had Ron Francis on the show today, and, and you know, he kind of tended to agree, although, you know, they got, they've got such a heavy influence in the analytical department, they went even deeper. But th- there's a, a stat that I think it, it's it's not really subjective because it's supposed to be, you know, when the puck gets knocked out of, you know, off of the other team's stick, what have you. But they were in about the 35 to 45 range in terms of hits per game last year when they were really humming along. And for a good chunk of this season, their hits were in the, you know, 10 to 15 range most nights. And that they just weren't playing the same hard forechecking style, cycling the puck. They're not going to skate with a lot of teams end-to-end. But their best line was the Yanni Gord line with Polvin and Bjorkstrand, and that's how they play, and they kind of just fed off of that. And they weren't doing that. They had 27 hits yesterday in the Outdoor Classic. They had 20 through two periods. Uh, and that's kind of how they have to play. And I think they just kind of got back to where they were last year. With the NHL hosting the 49th uh, outdoor game and watching a little bit on TV and looking at the atmosphere, how important was it for Seattle and, and the crack and to have a good, you know, obviously with the court having uh, a shutout and just the overall success of the game and the atmosphere, how important was that for for them? big it was it was big for the bigger picture you know i mean obviously to keep the i mean the two points were big and and you know Haxel talked about that a little bit but i think it was big from you know we're still a, a neophyte nhl market I, I always kind of i bristle a little bit when you know like some of the national media well, oh you know it's a new hockey market we're not a new hockey market per se and, mm-hmm. you know, and jason you know this as well as anybody i mean we've had we've had major junior here since the late 70s we had a long history with the old Western League, the AAA League, as a Canucks affiliate and things like that. There's a lot of hockey fans here and a lot of hockey here. But as far as just an NHL market, we're new. We're just a new National Hockey League market. And so I think it was important for, like, the fringe fans, the new fans, for them to have that experience and and to, you know, I mean, there's 47,000 people there yesterday. A lot of those fans have never been in Climate Pledge Arena. And I've never seen a game in person. Now it's a whole different experience in Climate Pledge, but but just to have that atmosphere, you know, we had a just it was an incredible day. The weather was perfect for an outdoor game. It was it was really a big day, and it, it's funny they it, when they scored when Tolvanen got that tip in and they made it one nothing. Uh, I looked at one of my buddies uh, who I work with at, at Fox 13 here who's sitting next to me, and I said, you know, my first fear is gone. My fear in that game, and this probably just sounds like the you know the pessimistic media guy, right? But but my biggest fear was that they were going to play that game against a team that you know has been humming along and has given them problems in, in Vegas and get shut out. I, I, my fear was the the score would have been reversed. Oh, okay. And, and and Seattle wouldn't have had 
the fans would not have had that whole opportunity to go crazy and jump up and down and get excited. Uh, so when they got the first goal, I'm like, okay, they're not getting shut out. Then they got the second goal, and then the way Joey Decord's playing right now, I'm like, that's enough. And then they got the third, and I'm like, this is a this is a perfect day. Ends up being a perfect day in Seattle for hockey fans and and for the sport in general to grow the sport. Yeah, there is something to be said about when you have new fans who come to a game and their success, they leave the building feeling better about themselves and they're much likely or more likely to go back to another game. That's just a fact, right? It's, uh, I've, you know, it's why yeah. Vegas had so much success early on because their fan base is like, oh my, this winning's awesome. All we do is win. Like it, uh, it makes it a lot easier yeah. Yeah. Uh, to be a fan of, of, of winning teams. Uh, no question about it. Um, you, you look at the, at the other team, the, uh, the Seahawks and, um, you know, what do you make of the Seahawks, Ian? Well, they've got some issues <laughs> and I don't think you can fix them overnight. They thought they had fixed them in the off season. Their biggest issue is they can't stop the run. They get bullied at the line of scrimmage. They're getting pushed around the defense, you know, with a defensive minded head coach, the defense is not very good. And, and they just, you know, they're, they're on the cusp of not making the playoffs. And even if they make the playoffs, nobody expects them to do much in the playoffs and, and in the postseason. So it's, 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 it's really frustrating. And it's, it's rough because I think with that team, you know, our ex, it's funny. Our expectations are so different. Our baseball team, if they just get to the playoffs, people go net, they go crazy, right? They're, ah, I got the Mariners get to the playoffs only a second time in 20 years, blah, blah, blah. The football team, they go pretty much every year. They could have a winning record again this season, not make it, but they, you know, they have success. They, they're consistently competitive and good, and usually it's not enough for the fans. They want a Super Bowl, and they've had only one win. They've been there three times, but they want a Super Bowl, and so the expectations for the Seahawks are quite high. And I think this year they know they're not a contending team. They're probably, you know, the second best team in the NFL is in their division in San Francisco. That makes it hard, and, and they're in the conference. You know, the NFC is kind of wide open, which is weird. Um, if they don't have, if they could get to the playoffs and didn't have to see San Francisco the first round or the first couple rounds, uh, they, they might have a chance to have a little bit of success and, and do some damage in the postseason. But, you know, the problem is, is that they just, they're missing the front. Their offensive line's beat up. And it's just been a rough, it's kind of been a frustrating couple of years here in Seattle for these guys. Now, you said second best team. Are you saying the Ravens are the best team? I think so. I don't think it's even close, to be honest with you. Well, I shouldn't say that. They, they, I mean, they just absolutely boat race the 49ers. Oh. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, I've, I've covered every game this year. And when we were in Baltimore and laying eyes in person on that, on that football team, they were the best team I've seen in person this year. And I've watched the 49ers in person twice. I, I think Baltimore, if they're, when their offense is going, their defense is elite. They're they're scary, man. They're really, really scary. Four twenty-seven. Welcome back, Jason Greger Show. Alongside uh, Sean Brown, as always, presented by PlayAlberta.ca. Orders hosting the Philadelphia Flyers tonight. Uh, only lineup change from their victory over the Ducks. Stuart Skinner will be back in between the pipes. D pairs are the same. Uh, the lines also the uh, same. Fogel and McLeod will stay with uh, Leon Drysaddle. Sam Gagne, Dylan Holloway skated, are uh, getting close to returning. And uh, now when they return, now Gagne's on the roster anyway, but Holloway has to come off LTIR, which then means the orders are going to have to send somebody down. And uh, currently they're running with six defensemen. And uh, they have uh, 13 forwards because Gagne's on the roster. So could they, uh, if they bring back Holloway, then they can send someone to the minors and just go with 13 and 6 and 2 if they like. 
Or they would have to send two forwards down and then uh, bring up a defenseman. Would they do it for the road trip? That's eh, possible, but um, because they don't, they don't have any back-to-back games all month. I could see them running just with six defensemen. I could easily see that happening. So, let's see, let's get to uh, Struds on. Brought to you by Action Electrical Family-run business uh, for over fifty years. And when when you're thinking savings on your uh, commercial or residential property, they have all the insight to solar. And uh, there's lots of grants you can receive, uh, free money from the government, uh, interest-free loans from the government if you're looking at solar. So learn more at actionelectrical.net. The Jason Greger Show presents Struds On. It's a memory. That's what you remember, memories. Uh, There's a bouquet of uh, enjoyment coming in my mouth there. But you know, it's like I always say, HK, who cares? It's time for Struds On. Oh, Stratty got so nervous, he hung up his own phone. So uh, we'll get him back. He, uh, I think he won a fantasy draft, and he's still giddy. He hung up on himself. <laughs> he was uh, dancing around, probably uh, hit the phone to his chin, and uh, hung up on himself. So it a, happens. A fantasy draft. Like how many, what's, what is the average fantasy uh programs that these that people are in like is it is it normal to be in one or two three well it depends some people are in multiple i think it's normal to be in one or two right you're a super diehard if you're in more than that right like some people are in 10 or 12 and that's but now some of the professional fantasy players are in that many but i don't i i used to be in multiple now i'm only in one i just like being in one i find it's better um, I found it. I'd have one guy in one league, and he's then playing against him in the other league. I'm like, well, this sucks. So I just like being in one league. Yeah. But that's just me. So it all if if I could find maybe another fun league of guys, because it's kind of like the dressing room in men's league. Oh, yeah, it's that's the banter. That, back honestly, that yeah. to me, the game itself is whatever. It's more, yeah. you know, like you have the group chat, and the chirps are probably more entertaining than <laughs> anything else. Yeah, right. Who's the commissioner? Do you guys have uh, a uh, Lever's like- commissioner. I'm assistant. Com- I'm like I'm the <laughs> Bill Daly. I'm the deputy commissioner. Oh, really? Yeah, there's uh, yeah. two of us. But yeah, you, you need a commissioner, yeah. right? Like you need that just in case yeah. to, to rule on things. But yeah. like, uh, man, how I, do you decide? Well, he's been the commissioner for a long time and no one else yeah. wants it. So he, <laughs> he keeps getting it. So it's good. He does a great job at it, though, right? Yeah. He's got to herd cats. So yeah. that's how it goes. Uh, Jason Strudwick uh, joins us. Strudy, how you doing? Good, man. How are you guys? Well, hey. Uh, well, we're not that excited that we hang up the phone just because you win a fantasy league. Like, you know, next time don't put your well, phone against your chin so hard. Well, I mean, I, I win quite a bit, right? So it's not like this is the first time in the history I've ever won a fantasy league. I mean, that would be no. that would be more exciting, right? When you do it every three, four years, it's pretty pretty commonplace. It's, it all depends on the level. Of, like, you know, when you're winning the fantasy football of the ECHL, it's a little bit different. <laughs> what kind of money are we talking here when you're winning? Oh, buddy. Yeah. Slurpees all around. <laughs> We're getting larges. <laughs> We're getting larges. Strutty, as a guy who is, you know, a, a third-bearing D-man uh, for, for most of his career, when you watch the evolution of Vincent DeHarnay's puck handling skills and how often he's holding on to the puck now, 
in the defensive zone, even in the neutral zone. Or he kind of, like, I haven't seen a guy who was usually, the minute he gets the puck, it was gone as quick as he could. He's like, I just don't want to touch it. And now all of a sudden, like, like I'm not, he's not like suddenly making, you know, great passes for goals or anything like that. But are you, are you, have you been surprised by how much of a difference is made in his willingness to hold on to the puck? Well, when you are able to handle the puck better, um, you can get your head up. And now you can see what's going on around you. And you have that comfort level to hold it for the extra second, take a look around and find place. You know, I think it was, I want to say it was one of the last two games, maybe last game, I think it was actually against the Kings. He kind of took, he picked the puck up, went around the net and saw where the pressure was all coming towards him. And he just reversed it back to the other side to Kulak and they were gone. Like, and it looks so easy, but there's a lot of things in that play you have to get. You have to get the puck under control, beat the other guy to it, shoulder checking, looking around, reading the play, having your partner go in the right place, and then making the play on top of that. And when you do all those things, it adds up to an equal or a really easy breakout. So I think the biggest thing is this puck control has changed so much. And then I think he understands that he doesn't need to have the puck a lot on his stick. You know, last year... I thought at times he was trying to rush the puck, and he doesn't need to do that. You just pass the puck up. The sooner he moves it from himself to the next guy cleanly, he's going to be the best player possible for the Oilers. Yeah, he's, you know, it's been a huge improvement. Their whole team, though, obviously is is working well. Uh, McLeod and Fogel are obviously on heaters right now. It's a no-brainer. Um, but when I watch the L.A. game, Struds, come playoff time, Evander Kane's in my top six. Where do you come out? Yeah, I mean, yeah, these two guys are on fire. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, they, they, we probably expected 15 to 20 goals from both guys. So this is, you know, a way of kind of catching up. And, and hopefully they can, you know, get, what, 7 to 10 goals each the rest of the way uh, would, be, would be really good. Um, yeah, and Evander Kane, I think he moves up. I think the bigger challenge is who, who becomes that third-line center, right? I, if, if Mikhail's playing wing, who plays it? Well, yeah. Um, well, Kane would be the third line left winger. I mean, the second line left winger. It's pretty simple for me, right? Like I put him in on the second line ahead of McLeod, right? Like, do you see McLeod honestly when the playoffs start in your top six? Well, if he looks as good as the winger, do you want him as a do you want him as a center? Right? I think that's the challenge for the group. But would you play him then in the top six ahead of Evander Kane in the playoffs? Um, well, it depends who my third-line center is, right? If you can spread out. So let's say they go out and get, um, I don't know, whoever, some, somebody, a competent third-line center. No disrespect to the guys who are doing it right now, but I think that that's an area. If McLeod's not your third-line center, then who is that third-line center? So, you know, let's say whoever they go. Let's just say it's Adam Henrique, probably a bad example. Let's just say that's who it is. Does that make that line stronger with Kane on that line? You know, and then, then can, can Leon now play with those two guys and kind of bounces out your lines a little bit more, and you have now a scoring threat on that third line. So, you know, I guess if, if you're telling me that McLeod is on the third line in center, then yes, Kane goes up. But if McLeod's still on the wing, then I think they have to figure out who is that center. Does it make sense to have it? So you have three lines that now look dangerous and can, you know, push the pace uh, for the other team. Yeah, and maybe. I, I just look at Evander Kane, and I looked at that L.A. matchup, and the Kings were throttling the orders physically. I don't think there's any debate on that. Edmonton's got the skill to match it, no question, but they got physically manhandled in that game without Kane. And to me, I don't think that changes 
uh, with their current makeup of their top six. Um, I agree. Now, the other option for your third-line center, and I would try him there, Strads, when he returns because he played there in college. I would try Dylan Holloway as my third-line center. I'm not going to break up the Fogel-McLeod dry settle line right now. I might not break him up all month. So I think because they're rolling so well, now's the time to experiment. Let's see what Dylan Holloway looks as a winger because I don't want to bring him back and I'm on the fourth line left wing. That makes no sense. Well, when you, you talk about everyone has had a fresh start with this coach, right? And I, I don't think that under Knobloch has Holloway played a game or is he, like he's barely played at all. So essentially when he comes back, it's like getting a new player and a new idea of what they're going to do with him. So I'm really excited and interested to see what they decide to do with uh, Holloway because, you know, he's... He, the idea of a center is, is pretty enticing. Big, fast, can skate. So now from that third line becomes, is it Ryan, Holloway, and, and Kane? Or, or uh, you know, is Matthias Janmark, does he drop down the fourth line? Like, I don't know what it looks like, but I know that everything that Chris Knobloch has tried seems to have worked out pretty well so far. So I think for what they do with Holloway, whatever they do, he's got to get minutes. Because if he's going to play six, seven minutes, he, he, it's, it's not going to change anything. I'd like to see him get a chance with some decent minutes to, to grow and to become an, a part, an important part of this team. Yeah, he played one game. Remember, he got injured his first game under Knobloch against the Islanders when he sl- when he crashed into the boards. And uh, so, the, yeah, you're right. He really hasn't played. He's played one game in, uh, under Knobloch. So uh, the one thing we've seen with Knobloch and Coffee is they, they kind of had a, you know, and Sean Brown talked about it earlier, that when you have a new coach comes in, he doesn't necessarily have the same notions that a, a coach that's coached you for a year or two already does, whether it's right or wrong. And I'm sure you played for coaches, Trudy, that it didn't matter what you did. He was like, this is all you're capable of in his eyes. Oh, for sure. And for Dylan Holloway, for all the guys, it's, it's, it's the way you play, but it's also the messaging. So what is the message? What message are, are, are Chris Knobloch and Coffee and what are these guys going to say to Holloway? What, what do they want from him? And, you know, when, when Knobloch came in, the house was on fire. It was, you know, it was just uh, it, you know, everything was falling apart and he's kind of stabilized things and the team is stabilized. So now he doesn't have to worry about 20 fires, right? It seems like a lot of the positions are kind of getting solidified and figured out. So now we can spend some time thinking about Dylan Holloway. Where is it best for him? How can we get the most out of him? What, what do we want him to do? What, what do we want him to look like uh, You know, in, in a month or six months or two years? So I, I'm, if I'm Dylan Holloway, I'm excited to come back. And if I'm Chris Knobloch, I'm happy to get this guy back because he, I think he's an important part of what the order can be. And you talk about you know, adding physicality, he brings that physicality. There's no doubt about it. Struddy, what are your thoughts on, I think Picard's done a great job of coming in and filling in this hole uh, behind Skinner. What are your thoughts on the young goalie in the American Hockey League, Oliver Rodriguez, coming in maybe and in, in seeing where he's at and giving him a game? Any, What are your thoughts on that? Well, I do like players getting chances to play in the NHL because, you know, let, let's, let's just say, in, in, in for the sake of conversation, that next year the Oilers believe he's their, their backup. Let's just say, I don't think that's the case. Let's say that is. You can't just not play someone in the NHL and say, okay, now next year you're our backup. You have no idea what the NHL is like. None. You don't know what it's like to travel, to play against that, the routines, um, all that stuff, the demands, the, the, the media demands, all that stuff, you have no idea. So I would like to see him come up and play. But it's probably unfair to Picard. But unfortunately, life isn't fair. When you're a backup goalie, it's not fair. Um, so I would be interested in seeing what he can do. But whether he plays really well or not, he needs the experience and the exposure to it so that he can be you know, more 
comfortable thinking, I can do this, or I can do it. I have to work on that or work on this, whatever. So the Oilers have quite a few games in the next little while that are, you know, winnable games. You know, no disrespect to some of the teams that are coming through. Can you get them in for one or two? But does that throw Pickard out of his rhythm? Um, you know, I think it's clear that Skinner's got to be relieved at times and make sure that he, he he's not getting overplayed either. So I think there's opportunity, especially in this month, to make that uh, a reality for him. Yeah, the risk is, though, that then you have to put Pickard on waivers unless you're going to carry three goalies for a game. Yeah. Right? And yeah. and just go 12 and 6 and then wave another forward. So that that's the risk to do it. Um, I could see Rodrigue maybe after the trade deadline when the expand, when the rosters expand, if you want to massage the, the cap some way, uh, to make that happen. But right now with so many other teams looking for goalies and Calvin Pickard as a backup when he's been called upon, he's been played pretty well. So I don't know if Edmonton could risk it. Oh, let's get Rodrigue a game. He comes up, he gets shelled. And now you're like, well, now we don't have Pickard because we lost him on waivers. I don't see how they can do it. No, that's fair. And really, as a backup goalie, whenever I played with I had the backup goalie going, I'm like, in my mind, I'm like, just give us a chance, right? We don't need you to be perfect. We don't need you to steal the game. Just give us a chance. Hold the other team to two, you know, maybe three. And, you know, we'll, we'll hopefully be able to do the rest, right? And that's kind of what he's done. He's given him a chance. He looks pretty confident in there. Yeah. Um, but, again, this guy had no pressure on him. Where, where's the pressure? No one, no one expected him to be the savior, and here he is picking up the pieces of, of what was you know, a pretty tough start behind the pipes for the Oilers. Yeah, it's true. Well, he's come in and he's uh, he's done everything that you want from him. The uh, Philadelphia Flyers come to town, Strider. They don't have the skill of the Edmonton owners, but man, they work hard. And they're all over the ice and they bang and they crash and they just, they dig and they're relentless. And when I look at their D pairs, I, I still, especially now because both of the Oilers' top two lines are going, like I see this as a very good matchup for Edmonton when I look at the skill of Philly's defense for Edmonton's top six forwards tonight? Well, I think we've got to give some credit to Danny Briere because he made some changes. And, you know, a lot, a lot of people thought, okay, they're going to go in the tank. But they, they moved guys out. They were, you know, pretty legit NHLers, and the team has gone better. So whatever he felt was going on in that room or on the ice um, or whatever he wanted to do, it, it, it's worked. And the team is working like a John Torrella team. That he wants, he wants them to be hardworking, play every shift hard. And I mean, there's no reason every team should do that, but that is what he builds his team. The identity has. Um, but the guy I think that is, you know, really helped him out is Travis Sanheim. The guy I really like Sanheim. I remember watching him. I think he played for Calgary Hitmen. Yeah. I watched him play there a couple times, and I was like, boy, this guy's a pretty good player. Not, you know, maybe. Not the greatest year last year, but I, I don't think anyone really say anyone has a great year at the Flyers last year. But he he's really helped them out. So the owners, I think, when they go into this game tonight, they can't don't get surprised because a lot of times I always felt when you played a team and you weren't ready for how hard they're going to work, it was it was hard to catch up to that moving train. And you can't just think, oh, it's we'll get going. No, you, you're not going to get going. Are the owners more skilled? Yeah, from from top to bottom, they are. But if they come out and they're not working hard like these guys are, it's a hard game to catch up to. So I'm looking at the start um, and, and, and scoring-wise, but just are they working as hard as Philly? Because uh, if they do that, they'll ultimately I think they'll, they'll be fine. What do you make, Struddy, of the, uh, the Cowboys-Lions and the, the missed call by oh. the officials? Well, now we're here in the NFL might crack down. A lot of these guys won't get playoff assignments, but like that's not a um, like a, a judgment call as far as procedure, or, you know, pass interference or anything like that. Like clearly, sixty eight went over to the ref and checked in, and the refs just got the numbers mixed up. 
Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure that happens. I, I actually was watching that game. I, I, I like the Lions have become a fun team to watch. And what I don't understand is how after the play is all done, why they can't review that that moment, right? And, and talk about say, okay, well, maybe we got the wrong player, but the intention was right. So we, we, we called out whatever player number. What this player and it was supposed to be that player. Like it's still the same idea. Like I don't. I don't understand that because it's it's pretty clear what their goal was. So I, I, I don't know how they're going to do it, but it's unfortunate because it was, it was, it worked out well, but just that play makes no sense to me. We review everything else in sport, it feels like, but they're, they're unable to get that right when clearly there was a conversation had. Sorry, what do you, uh, what do you get for winning your championship in fantasy? Uh, I get some. I think, I think we played for money. I was just collecting it. You know, that's the hard part. <laughs> One thing is winning it. But the, the trophy is always in your case. You know, you have that little fantasy app, and you have a getting pretty busy. I might be get two apps to fit all my championships in. <laughs> oh, jeez. Uh, well, congratulations, Stratty. Uh, another ECHL of fantasy football championship for you. Connor is uh, very excited for you. He wanted to let you know that he did win his uh, seventh and ninth place games, so he showed up when it mattered. Oh, jeez. And I heard you're a champion as well. That's exciting. Yeah, it's nice. Yeah, although I'm not sure what the season will be remembered more for. My championship or uh, Karius's, uh record that will never be broken going winless in fantasy football? No, he didn't win one game. No, he went 0-19. How is that even possible? <laughs> Oh my God, that is that is bad. He chirps a lot. That is really, Dude, really it's bad. Guys, his name. The guys have changed his name in their phone to Owen nineteen. Oh my God, that I. I mean, how often does that happen? That is never. I like. I don't see how you can do it. It's it's well. It's obviously not physically impossible because he did it. But I would like to know anybody else. And we play because we play double headers a, a few weeks. We have a fourteen week season. We have two double headers for sixteen, and then you play a playoff game. And then the, the last weekend, if you're out, they just play a game. So technically, he's zero eighteen, but uh, he still had to play the nineteenth game, and he still couldn't win. And he usually plays against one of the other terrible teams, and so uh, he lost uh, all three of the uh, the loser bowl because we have a loser bowl in our league as well. So. Um, yeah, he's the. Uh, he, that's a record. I'm going to say this, Strutty. That record's never been broken. No, wow, wow! Congratulations to him and and to you. That's that. Those are two things I didn't think I'd hear today. That is incredible. Good yeah. for him. All right, Strutty, have a good yeah. one. Talk to you guys later. Yeah, zero and nineteen. That's it's it's really an achievement when you think about it. Oh, this is Kevin Carrius. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, trust me. Oh, and 19. It, unreal. Oh, man. He should, he should get a license plate Yeah, that has that because that's amazing. How do you host a radio show when you're 0 and 19? It's a tough one, man. Yeah. It's, a, it's a real tough one. Let's take a quick break. We'll come back. Five questions and more on The Gregor Show presented by PlayAlberta.ca. 450. Gregor. Sean Brown, Connor Halley with you. Uh, welcome back. Hope you had a wonderful holiday break. Uh, for those of you still on holidays, love it, live it up, enjoy it while you can. It's nice. Uh, some uh, winter weather is on the way. Uh, hopefully some snow. Like, I don't know about you, but looking at the brown all the time, it's it's getting me down. I need to see some uh, white stuff. Uh, ODR weather, you know, minus 10, no problem. But a little... Uh, Little uh, gloves inside your gloves, you'll be totally fine. Minus ten, you can play out there all day. But uh, you know, kids were out there with t-shirts on yesterday, which is <laughs> crazy. So that's that's a nice bonus. But uh, getting a little uh, snow, not the rain. Snow would be nice. Well, it doesn't look like there's any, but hopefully it's coming. I know all the uh, all the local ski hills. 
And all our skiers would like it. Snowmobilers would love it. Heck, you got you got a field, you got a, any sort of trees, anything. We need some snow. There's no question about it. Let's get to uh, five questions brought to you by The Brick. You can get next day delivery on in-stock mattresses and start sleeping like a baby right now at The Brick and TheBrick.com. <laughs> It's time for five questions on the Jason Greger Show. All right, guys, question number one today. When you look at the Oilers and uh, the goal scoring total so far this season, not too bad. Uh, how many 20 goal scorers will the team finish with this upcoming season or this season? I think I'll go with uh, I'll go with six. Obviously, McDavid, Dreisaitl, Hyman. Hyman's already there. Uh, Kane. Uh, I guess Fogel for me is going to be the guy that, you know, he's going to, I think with the season that he's, the season that he's having, um, he'll, and then obviously Nugent Hopkins. Good you to flip your mic, eh? So you can talk into it. Oh, there we go. Is it working? Yeah, yeah. A little, a little more. Oh, okay. There we go. <laughs> um, yeah, you look at the orders. What do they got? Uh, right now they got, well, you can argue there's six guys on pace. For uh, for twenty, um, McLeod and Fogle both on heaters recently, um, and they're not on pace yet. I will say five though. I think uh, you know somebody's going to get nicked up here at some point. Just the the odds will suggest that. So I will say five. Question number two: Did you get a chance to watch Toronto and New York yesterday in the PWHL debut? And if so, what did you make of the game? I didn't watch all of it, but I did watch a bit of it, and just. In general, women's hockey has come a long way, and I, I really enjoyed it. The you know the the physicality of it, the the overall skill and ability, um, the presentation of the game I thought was great. So yeah, it's uh, you know it's exciting for women's hockey. I, I you know it's it's the way they've marketed it has definitely caught my eye, and is something that I'll kind of you know be following here. I uh, did not much uh, much of it to be honest because I was on the uh, the ODR with my uh, with my son and a few of the kids in our team. But um, uh, what I did watch, you know, to me, it's I don't put too much stock into one game. It's more about the bigger picture here. Uh, the women's league needed uh, one league to have all their best players in one league, so that's an incredibly positive step uh, moving forward. Right? There's lots of interest and hype early on, which is great. Like There isn't a lot of places, and now it's going to be about it. I think people have to have realistic expectations about what is, what's realistic growth for the league. That's, that's just a fact. right Now, the advantage they'll have is there's going to be a lot of young girls that maybe never want to care about watching lacrosse or other sports like the NLL because there's no women on it. But now they're young hockey players, and they want to watch the women's game. So that's, that's going to be an audience that they were probably watching the Oilers and the NHL. But they're now they've got a different vested interest. They can watch this as a viewer and think, I can be there. Right, because the truth of the matter was, girls. You might say, "Yeah, I'm going to play in the NHL," but it wasn't happening. Right, they're not physically strong enough. They were never playing the NHL. Right, but now they'll have a realistic goal. That's great, and I think it's going to be one though that people have to understand and recognize. There's only so many hours in the day in sporting uh, news, so they might get an audience that has been untapped, really, at least emotionally. 
That to me is the question. Think about people that are diehard fans. You're driving in your car right now. You're a diehard order fan, maybe being a fan for however long. But that was not necessarily ingrained with you, but maybe you grew up, you watch it, your mom or your dad got you into it, or maybe you at a certain age and suddenly you dove into it. It wasn't because of one game. It was repetition over and over and over. It's going to take a long time. Right. And so I think people just have to have realistic expectations. Um, you know, I saw people talk about expansion and everything already. I'm like, pump the brakes. It's one game. Right. The, uh, you know, let's see where the game goes. And, uh, you know, if they, if they get more of the best players globally, because this year there's lots that aren't in the league because they'd already signed on. Right. Because it's kind of late starting. So I think next year might actually be a better talent pool for the league. Question number three. Uh, who do you have in the College National Football Championship, the Wolverines of Michigan or the Washington Huskies? I'll go with Michigan there um, just because they're number one seed. Yeah, Brownie likes cheaters, so that's okay. You're not trying. You're not cheating. You're not trying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's hard to go against Michigan, but I'm taking Washington just because. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I, want, uh, I, want, uh, I don't want to see Michigan win. I'll be, I'm, I'm, just, I'm rooting for Washington to win. Big trade over the weekend in the NBA with the Raptors involved. Uh, who won the trade, the Knicks or the Raps? It's a good question. Uh, it's very different because you, you look at OGN and Obi. The Knicks want him. He's not gonna. He might not put up as many points, but his defense is really what New York wants. Right? Whereas I think Toronto has the benefit of potentially getting way more points out of this trade because the guard's gonna, just going to get an opportunity he's never going to get in New York. Right? That's just a fact. So quickly, I think we'll come to Toronto and get way more opportunities. So. I think it'll probably win and look better for Toronto because they'll have two players playing more minutes. And I think it's it's a win-win for both, but I, I think for Toronto to have a Canadian player come back in that market definitely is going to benefit Toronto. And a final question for you guys today. It's National Science Fiction Day. So if you had a favorite science fiction movie or TV show, what would top <laughs> the list? 
We gotta pick a movie again, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Have you watched your favorite Jake Gyllenhaal movie yet? <laughs> oh my God, that's still the greatest answer. Oh, oh yeah. tell me, uh, tell me that you haven't watched it without telling me you haven't watched it. <laughs> I'm gonna just simplify things here. I'll just go with The Empire Strikes Back. Ooh, mm, cons. What's yours? Well, I'm kind of looking here just through the list that, you know, qualifies. I really got into the Severance on Apple TV with uh, Adam Scott. So I'm going to throw that in there for the TV show. For the movie, ah, a little more research required here. I don't just want to give a, an answer that, you know, I didn't look into and I haven't seen because I did learn my lesson <laughs> from Brownie with that one. It's uh, true. Well, there's there's lots of good uh, sci-fis, man. Like I, I'd probably go with Lord of the Rings. I would. Uh, I love that. Um, but, uh, although I don't know if Lord of the, I think Lord of the Rings might be on a different genre now that I say that. So I might go with just the original. I'm going to go with a Terminator with uh, yeah. Arnie. That was, uh, uh, that'd be my favorite. And I don't know. I don't really, I don't really watch sci-fi TV to be honest. So I guess I'll have to go with the Terminator. Yeah. I'm seeing Terminator in this list quite a bit. So that's probably a good one to go with. And yeah, lots of Star Wars, uh, like Back to the Future is tef- technically science fiction, right? Yeah, that's uh, a good one. You can go with that. So it doesn't always have to be like, you know, murder. The- I think the Truman Show also would follow under uh, sci-fi, if you like that. So different things. Back to the Future is great. I'd have- that would be high up on the list. Oh, As you may know, I it. haven't seen too many, but. Yeah, yeah we're shocked here. <laughs> Yeah. Well, uh, maybe you and uh, maybe you and Brownie can watch uh, Brokeback Mountain together. <laughs> then Brownie, then Brownie can give us a scouting report on it. <laughs> oh, oh man, you guys made this, that was tough. I got in my car and had quite a few messages. <laughs> Everything okay? Uh, hey guys, I can't believe anybody would think two rookie goalies is the uh, uh, pretty much two rookies because Skinner's there would be the. Uh, Option. Well, hey, Gary in, in Calgary, I would agree with you. I'd, I I know Olivier Roderick, everyone's like excited they want to see him, but there's a lot of reasons why it doesn't make sense. Um, You risk losing picker to waivers, and right now I think it's a higher risk than normal because of all the injuries, and teams are just looking for a guy to help them for two weeks, right? Because they'll be like, well, we'll waive the guy again in two or three weeks. And so if Roderick comes up and he doesn't play very well, then what are you doing? Well, I guess you're calling up Jack Campbell again. Right. And I think Olivier Rodri getting a game later in the year after the uh, the roster expands and you can manipulate the cap a little bit different if you want that. That's maybe more of an option for the Edmonton orders. I don't uh, I don't see it. Well, especially I don't see it in January. There's no reason to because everyone's like, yeah, look at his numbers in the HL. Yeah. Pick at his numbers in the HL. Yeah. Pickard had better numbers this year in the American League than Rodri has. Do we not eventually see Campbell come? Back at some oh, point. Oh man, I don't know. I think that that train might have left town. He's going to have to play really well, or there's going to have to be an injury. I think that's it's a pretty big matzo ball to bring up. Mm-hmm. So, but they might. Well, uh, we'd have to see. So, now, Gregor, you're right. Lord of the Rings is fantasy. Yeah, exactly. So, not science fiction. So, Terminator, very good movie. Brownie, what happens tonight? Orders and Flyers. Oh, Oilers. The way that they're playing and the confidence that they're playing with. And they do have, you know, they are working much harder. They are working uh, together as a team. 
Um, yeah, I'm gonna. I like that matchup between Stewart and uh, Carter Hart, two local guys. Um, going at it. So, yeah, I'll go with the Oilers tonight. All right. Hey, boys, what do you think of the uh, score shorthand and goal in your penalty ends from Dean? That's what they're doing in the, in the Professional Women's Hockey League. And I know that was actually one of the rules that was presented for the NHL to consider, right? Uh, I, I IHF has looked at that as well, and I think they actually implemented that uh, last year. So I was double-I, pretty sure it was. Um, I, I don't mind it at all. I, have, I don't really have a, a major issue uh, with it. Right. If it encourages, like, I don't know if teams are suddenly going to go way out of their way to score shorthanded goals, right? Cause if you start cheating shorthanded, you miss. Well, now you're probably giving up a power play goal, but yeah, I, I don't mind it at all. It's a, it's a, it's a real massive momentum swing. Yeah. Anything to create a little bit more offense. I mean, I can't, like you said, I mean, teams are, it's nice. They'll definitely be aware of it. Um, and it's, it is nice to be rewarded because it's something that doesn't happen often. Um, yeah, I, I, I like that rule. I, I think the NHL will keep an eye on that and see how it works for them. And I could see that coming. Brownie, have a good one. We'll chat with you next Tuesday. Okay, guys. Thanks a lot. That's uh, Sean Brown. Joins us every Tuesday here on Sports 1440 in the Jason Greger Show. Let's get to the uh, con man. Sports 1440 update brought to you by Legacy Heating and Cooling Home. The no payments, no interest for one full year on your furnace. Stay warm all winter at LegacyHeating.ca. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rustolium. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. 
No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.